Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He's sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 297 of the Fully Puzzle Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother. Not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, joining us tonight is the fine gentleman from TB Toycast. We have Brian Breaker and we have Travis and uh, Breaker. Did you know that TB stands for Travis and Breaker? <laughs> I'm pretty sharp on stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm right there on the edge of just like the smartest lingo you can think of. So <laughs> I did know that actually. <laughs> oh man. I just figured this out the other day. I'm the smartest tune of the bunch. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> I think your brother's taking exception. You, to that, but, you son know, of a bitch. It, it's so close to KB that I thought, hmm, maybe there could be a retro logo, you know, done at yes. some point, which would be kind of fun. That's going to make a killer shirt. Yeah, absolutely. We're waiting for that shirt. Travis, how are you doing, man? Doing great. Uh, glad that you, you picked up on the on the TV for uh, Travis and Breaker. That's, uh, you know. I'm proud of you. Like, oh, thanks. Good man. job, Jeff. I'm, Let's hear it for public schools. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still the smartest of the tunes. What are you saying, dude? Breaker, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. As always, it's um, it's always a blast having you on. We always get Harley stories. I don't know if you have any more that you could divulge tonight. I don't even know if you have any more in your back pocket. But we'll get into that later. But I think I I, I do have one that I probably haven't shared on here. So just remind me. Okay, it's a good one. All right. All right. But it's a pleasure having you back on as always, man. Oh, for sure. I love talking with you guys. I was just thinking the other day about uh, the first time we, we recorded, which was like 2016, I think. And, yeah. Um, I think you guys are still talking about the original Hasbros in your nostalgia segment. So um, how cool is it now that that's like, those are kind of like coming back of so many different companies and um, yeah, it's a testament to what you guys have done with this podcast, man. It's really cool. Oh, thank you, sir. I think we're uh, working with a couple influencers over here. Right I don't know. <laughs> here we go. As seen on the toys that made us. <laughs> you might remember us from such shows as. Well, I, I, I will let real quick. I will let everybody in on a little inside information because me and Travis record our episodes a few weeks ahead of time. So our next episode, we're going to record the main event is the WCW vibrating figures. And Scott, I think you're familiar with those. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are sealed. I can no longer talk about those figures. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, Scott, what happened? Uh, nothing. We're going to move on. And uh, those are left behind us. Those are water under the bridge, as they say. <laughs> but but didn't you say something about those at one time? Or I, I don't know what you're talking about. You... Oh, okay, My gotcha. memory only goes like two years back. So I don't know what you're talking about. All right. All right. Because remember, once we have them on who booked this crap, we can't talk about them anymore. Oh, listen to you. And actually, they went into the Hall of Shame. So that's the other thing. <laughs> the Hall of Shame. Uh, Breakers, since you and Travis are on, why don't you guys get your plugs out of the way? 
Oh, for sure. Uh, you can probably hear me on many weekly podcasts like Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. You know, it's fake, right? Which you, all three of you guys have actually been guests on. Yep. And then uh, a new show that me and Travis started. Uh, we're on like episode 20. I think we just released episode 22 this week. Yep. So that's been going, you know, pretty well so far. So it's a really fun, like we kind of took ideas that you guys have done, which again, I want to shout you guys out we always try to do that on the show but you guys took a concept of a, a, a toy podcast specifically wrestling figures and that jeff i've told you this before like i remember thinking like man a wrestling figure podcast would be so cool but i i did not know how to do it so you know we, we definitely have, have taken ideas from you guys and kind of morphed it into our own show but we kind of talk we try to talk about everything jeff we actually had you on to talk about simpsons figures a few weeks ago yep which everybody loved it was so much fun to kind of dive into these random toy lines, which that seems to be the thing people enjoy is uh, us diving into stuff that maybe they didn't know or they've forgotten about because there's there's a lot of little hidden gems out there in the toy world. So I have those podcasts and, of course, uh, T-shirts or watermaneuver.net, uh, pro wrestling tees, um, all those good places. And, you know, uh, phpwshop.com if you so, so desire. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I was actually listening to the show back when we were talking about the Simpsons figures and I was all, man, I was way too excited to talk about those <laughs> right. As you cut off, you're like, man, Jeff was really excited to talk about those. I was like, man, I was like, he was reading my mind. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was funny because I was telling Travis before like we hit record. I was like, man, Jeff was getting giddy. I was like, as we were getting into it, you were getting more excited because and I think that's what our show's kind of about because you, you dive into this stuff and you're like, man, like like we we did an episode on cops, the the old cartoon mm-hmm. and the action figures, and I never collected those. And we're going through them. I'm like, man, I want to get on eBay. I want some of these. These are awesome. You know? <laughs> they were cool. Yeah. And that's kind of the danger of it. As you start going, you're like, hmm, I could buy that right now, but it's kind of a slippery slope sometimes. Travis, what is your eBay bill up to now going back, collecting a lot of these toys that you guys are talking about? Man, my, my eBay watch list has more than tripled because <laughs> we, like, I was like, Ooh, I want to look at that. I want to look at that. You know, uh, the, the most famous story is that one of the early episodes was uh, battle trolls and breaker told me, he said, yeah, there's a, a troll ultimate warrior. And I went, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so I looked and looked and for like three weeks. And then I finally found a lot of 11 and one of them in there was the troll ultimate warrior. Cause I needed a battle troll and I needed the, the ultimate warrior. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went and bought it and uh, you know, like any good dad kept the one for myself. And then I gave the other 10 to the kids and let them, <laughs> you know, here. <laughs> You pick this one, you pick this one, you pick this one. So <laughs> I'm sure we've all done it. Is you're laying in bed, you're you're not quite asleep yet. You're you know listening to some music or a podcast and you got eBay up, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, let's look at this. And then you start looking at something like, well, that's not too bad. Well, what if I get two or is there a lot? Like, and you just you go right down that hole of you know, mm-hmm. one turns into two, maybe three. And you're like, oh, I don't need to be doing this. How much can I get for a kidney? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, did you guys happen to see Chad Horror Movie Barbecue's autograph that he got today? I did. I can't remember who it was. Uh, was Man, I do remember seeing that now. So Chad got the Sideshow Bob place. Yes, Kelsey Grammer. That's Kelsey Grammer in a yellow paint pen on it. It came out incredible. It looks so good. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And Kelsey looked happy to sign it. It was like, oh, this is different. I don't have to sign the dog dog from Frasier or anything. 
<laughs> right. And I, and I would imagine if you're an actor, like that'd be like, oh, wow. Like that's a cool thing. Like, cause you probably haven't seen it in a long time. Right, right, right. And Travis, I actually owe it to you for getting that uh, shredder, not splinter. <laughs> I said splinter a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but uh, that shredder signed by Kevin Nash, dude, it came out really good. I remember getting it and then messaging you guys and be like, should I get this signed? Like, well, why not? I'm like, Hey, well, that's a, that's a great answer. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a, like, it's just enough of a spinoff to where when you look at it, like we all know it's Kevin Nash. So like, it, right. it, it's like a one a, and he's tall. So, I mean, it, it's big Kev. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's hilarious now that he signed so many that he brings a specific paint pen, like you were saying, Yep. Because he knows that he's going to be signing those. And yep. uh, I think that was, you know, one of the reasons he was happy for it. Because I, I think I recall somewhere him saying, like, dude, I don't care that they release it. Because guess what? Everyone that buys it, every time they re-release it, that's 40 bucks in my pocket for everyone that I'm going to sign. So that is a carny thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Not quite Virgil, but he's polite about it. <laughs> Hey, Scott, what's the story with you and Virgil, by the way? <laughs> the story with me and Virgil? Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy to wear that shirt when I met him that last time. The FML one? Yes. He had it coming. <laughs> For my ladies? What? <laughs> uh, we actually had a new shirt drop this past week, the fully effing posable. You guys can find that also at whatamaneuver.net. So while you're shopping for the TV Toycast t-shirt, throw the fully effing posable one into your cart as well. You can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the book of faces at fully posable Instagram, fully posable WFP. Uh, you guys know where to find our podcast. Just do a Google search. Honestly, that's the best way to find it. And also if you want to send us any audio questions, questions, send it on over to fully posable WFP at gmail.com. Now, usually this is where we talk about uh, what toy spotting we did and all that stuff. But I think, we need to get into the biggest news this week and there is no buffer for the news this week. We're just going to get right into the Owen Hart news. So Scott, I will have you go first. What do you think about the, all of the new Owen Hart stuff we are about to inherit? Well, I shouldn't say inherit come into. How do you think Steve Ozer feels dude? Like everybody has been clamoring for an Owen Hart figure for years mm-hmm. and jazz wears, I guess is the new kid on the block making figures for what a year, year and a half now. And they land Owen, man, Travis, I think you said it best. This is a huge gut punch to Mattel, man. Like you fully expected if we got Owen Hart, it was most likely going to fall under the WWE umbrella, specifically Mattel, but Jazzware swoops in and gets Owen, not only gets Owen for the toy line, but he's going to be on other merchandise. He's going to be in the video game. And we haven't had Owen Hart. I mean, outside of, custom jobs in a video game in years so a huge get for aew owen hart is all elite and man i did not see that one coming because people were asking tony khan you know what's next you got cm punk uh brian danielson you know adam cole what is next and he said i have a few more tricks up my sleeve well here you go owen hart is all elite and man i don't know that anybody saw this one coming breaker what did you think uh, exactly what Sky just said. I mean, I know with um, with Owen Hart, you know, the last figure was probably like a Jack's bone crunching action, maybe because I don't yeah. think he ever had any Titan Trons. I think the last video game 
He was in one of the Legends of Wrestling games. Um, yes. So yeah, it, it's it's been it's been such a long time coming, and and I know there was like that. I think the Dark Side of the Ring episode really probably shined a lot of light onto the whole situation uh, for everybody because I, I think the consensus was almost like, well, Martha Hart doesn't want Owen in wrestling. When I think really, she didn't want WWE to have any of this, and I totally totally get that, uh, especially with all the uh, the circumstances surrounding his unfortunate death. Um, but one thing I remember reading and I really, it, it was just a small thing, but I thought like, oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, pro wrestling teased that a micro brawler for Owen mm-hmm. several months back and you know, had the black singlet, but where the logo would have been, it said the Owen Hart foundation. I thought, oh, well, that might be the direction they go with the action figure as a way to not be the WWE singlets, but kind of give it a new age look, which honestly, I think I'm perfectly fine with. And, and they released it, and of course it sold out huge because it's the first figure of any type he's had in so long. And then they re-released um, some versions in, like with the Japanese attire and stuff. And I saw Ryan Barkin from Pro Wrestling Tees make a comment on an Instagram post. Martha wanted to make sure everyone who got one, or everyone who wanted one, got one. So that told me right there, well, she wasn't opposed to making merchandise. You know, I think she, I think she did want people to have this. She just didn't want WWE to be a part of it. When I read that, I thought, okay, with Storm Collectibles, Figures Toy Company, Jazzwares, there's a possibility we could get an Owen soon. And, and we're very lucky now that that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm super excited for it. The writing was on the wall, basically. is it, it, yeah. Everything was leading towards Jazzwares getting or making figures and that AEW would be working with the Owen Hart foundation. It was just like the writing was on the wall. I mean, Jericho was having Martha on the podcast. Um, Just everything was pointing to it. And it's just like, I didn't even put two and two together breaker. And that's a great call that he didn't want, or that Martha didn't want WWE to basically see any of the proceeds of the Owen figures. That's a great point. And, you know, you've seen Vince over the years really pull some rabbits out of his hat you didn't think you'd see Bret Hart back in the WWE. You didn't think that you would see the ultimate warrior back in the WWE. You didn't think you'd see Bret and Sean hugging in the middle of the ring. You know, he's always kind of, yeah, or Hogan even coming back to the WWE, but you always kind of thought, okay, this has to work somehow, but man, I, this one, I did not see coming at all. I was absolutely floored when I saw that graphic of Owen Hart is all elite. Travis, how much stuff are you going to be getting? A lot. I really think this is the, you know, Scott talked about, you know, there was the ultimate warrior thing and Sable and, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that always come back or, you know, have made their way back. But I really think this is the first time, you know, to my knowledge that this bridge not only was burned, but it was nuked. Like there is, there's no going back. I'm excited for the figures, you know, even if it's, you know, custom singlets here and there, there is enough customizers out there and people with water slide decals, like curb stomp decals that, you know, a little black paint and put a decal on and you can have any Owen heart as long as the, the face scan is good, which brings me to a point that I, you know, I wanted to talk about with this, like you only get, you know, in sales and in business, you only get one first impression to make that first impression. Like, Jeremy has to knock it out of the park with this. Like he can't have totally an accidental spray paint where you've got a a lazy eye or, or something like that. 
people are clamoring and want this figure and they are going to buy it mm -hmm. in droves. So I hope that the quality control is there and that we don't have a, you know, we can joke about like a lemon face Becky or, you know, some of the things that we've seen yeah. with Mattel where like the eyes are a little to the left or a little to the right. And even with the AEWs there, you know, Riho's horrible, but, Britt Baker's kind of in the middle and a Kenny is good here, or you've got zombie eye Cody, like, like <laughs> you literally get one chance to, to have this first impression again. And I just hope, hope, hope that it, all, the ducks are all in a line and he knocks it out of the park. That's a great point, Travis. No Chinese new year with your first Owen Hart out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I, one thing I do like about Jeremy is like, he, he seems to be, aware when there's an issue like he knew about the skin tones and stuff and and i think he obviously gets the significance of this and we'll and we'll be like yeah we, we got to make this good and I, I feel like this will probably almost have to be like a ringside exclusive out of the gate or something um maybe not but however it's presented it will probably be a day one pre-order if you know if you can help it because this is going to be a huge item yeah absolutely and think of all the variants that they can do. They could have his right. Japan look. They could have, you know, the pink singlet. They could have the black and pink singlet. There's just so many variations that they can do. Can they do the blue blazer? No, they couldn't do the blue blazer, dude. That's WWE. As long as we get the different head sculpts, if you guys, you know, where this is an audio podcast, if you see, I got my hands around my head. I talk with my hands, but like, like you're saying, <laughs> if we get like a nation head with the flat top or an early long-haired Owen, like the different faces and the different iterations of Owen, you know, which I, I think we will, you know, we, we see a lot of them, but that's really what I'm excited for to see, you know, kind of what rabbit hole, maybe the new Japan. Um, you know, I know he was in Mexico for a little bit, you know, it, it, there's, I don't want to say the options are limitless, but you know, got it, it's here and it, it's finally happening. Like 297 episodes of fantasy booking, it's done. Like it, it's no longer fantasy booking. Like it's inked. Yeah. The, the, the signatures on the line. Breaker, before we started recording, you had mentioned, we were kind of just chit-chatting back and forth. And you happened to mention that Adam Riches on Facebook had shown yeah. some renderings of what would have been Owen's first figure in years. I don't know who pitched it. Uh, I don't know why it didn't happen, but I think the bar has kind of been set in terms of expectations of what our first Owen Hart figure in however many years, over 20 years, kind of what we're expecting with that first figure, because those renderings, and I'll let you get into them if you want, but those renderings that Adam Riches showed were just absolutely incredible. They were. And that was another thing too, because I think me and Travis had talked about it previously and like, to what degree does WWE have on like his singlets, right? Like that's because yes. like, the the full pink one which i call like the king of the ring 94 singlet is obviously a big one or like the the black one which i more signify to like wrestlemania 10 are, are big time looks but then of course the black heart singlet the caution singlet then he had one that just said oh near like 99 that he was wearing it's one of those things i don't know if wwe has legal right to that that's such a interesting question because you look at bret hart he wore the same exact gear in wcw as he did in the wwe right right and, I mean, but then at the same time, I think Travis, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but they brought up, well, Storm Collectibles, excuse me, Storm Collectibles basically did Hogan's exact WWF gear in a lot of those, 
with the exception of like the NWO logos and stuff. So it's like, okay, well, if they can do that, can Jazzwares just do an Owen Hart singlet? I don't know. And, and maybe that's where Martha's like, I don't want to cross that line. And so maybe that's where the micro brawler, like I said, had the Owen Hart foundation logo on the side. Is that the compromise where it's like, okay, we're going to maybe create new gear that he would wear. I don't know, but I think regardless, this is just such a monumental thing. Everyone will be like, whatever you're going to give us, just make, make it look good. And we're, we're going to buy it in droves. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be the best-selling figure in years. Oh yeah. So are you telling me that the new foundation is out? Dude, I would, oh. I'd be all about new foundation. That was the, <laughs> that was the only time we got them was a uh, Hasbro, right? I would be all about yep. new foundation. <laughs> and then what was his, uh, what was his tag team with uh, Coco? High energy. High energy, brother. High energy. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Wait, I think it's actually the same, isn't it? Basically, I think Nightheart got fired, if I remember right. And so yeah, they, they switched him over to Coco. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like the gear was the same, right? Pretty close. Exactly. Yes, it was. Yeah, exactly. So I should have probably kicked off with this, but no time like the present. I will read off the press release from AEW Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. So Scott, that basically guarantees that you're getting the AEW game, right? Pretty much. I mean, I'm going to have to see like a horrible review of it or some horrible gameplay footage that's going to discourage me from buying that game. The people that are doing it, it's uh, the original developer of, you know, the big uh, big four of Aki. Yep. Um, and then the Ukes team is from Here Comes the Pain when SmackDown was SmackDown and SmackDown versus Raw was good. So, like, those yeah, are solid. Yeah. Got the team. And, you know, Cody and Kenny have all came out and said, you know, we really want No Mercy esque playing. So, I think the game is going to be great. Um, something I just thought about, you know, obviously Owen's going to be in the game. Does that mean that Ukes is going to bring in legends that aren't under a WWE legends contract? Because it'd be kind of weird having Owen as a one-off, you know, wrestling Kenny Omega, Jungle Boy, Luchasaur. It's cool, but kind of like a little weird, but like, do you think we may see, you know, Tully, Arn, Sting, like some of these other guys and, and have their version of legends in, in the video game. I hope so. But I wonder if that tips AEW or Jazzwares hand in upcoming figures. If you see him in the game, kind of guessing that maybe you're going to get a figure of him too, specifically names that aren't like currently in the AEW family. Like I'm thinking rock and roll express. I'm thinking midnight express. I'm thinking Magnum TA, you know, names like that, would they go out and get those guys just to throw them in the game? But if you're going to get them for the game, why not? Hell, why not make toys of them too? Great point. Well, well, one thing I'd like to point out after this signing, if you're WWE, you're going to be really wanting to lock down some legends contracts, right? Because hopefully, yep. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like that's to me, like there's been a lot. Like, I remember when Stan Hansen went in the hall of fame, I'm like, Oh, awesome. We're going to get a Stan Hansen elite. And that never happened. I thought the same thing. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll express went in. Oh, we're going to get elites. Never did. So it's like, why are, why is that not happening now? I think a big factor in that is that we didn't have competition like we do now. And I, I know there's always got bickering online, but I mean, it's hard to deny AEW at this point. They are doing so well. Their product's exciting. It seems like every week, like you, you see all, like you mentioned all these guys debut and it's like, what else could they possibly have? Oh yeah. By the way, we just signed Owen Hart. It's like, <laughs> what? Like yeah. it's, it's just crazy. Like all this cool stuff is happening to me. Like that, the ultimate thing is that's going to make WWE step up their game. Like they did in the attitude era and, you know, get, give people a more exciting product, which, you know what, if it gets back to that time where it's pay-per-view parties and, everyone's watching wrestling and it's hot again. Like that's, that's awesome. That's what it's about. Totally agree. And this is what made WCW must watch back in the late nineties is when they got guys from WWE, you never know who is going to come in next. And that right. made WCW must watch and AEW is playing that same card and it's working for them. And you're right breaker. They are super exciting right now. They've got all the momentum on their side. They're doing everything with these names that impact never did with the names that they got. I'm sure right. it chaps Dixie's ass, but man, Tony Khan, <laughs> he is playing all of his cards perfectly right now to where I would say within six months, and I think even Jericho said this, it wouldn't surprise me if AEW is getting bigger numbers for their show than Raw is getting for theirs. Real quick, Jeff, I hope you label this episode fully postable chaps Dixie's ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's t-shirt. What well, is now? <laughs> I kind of want to go back to something that uh, Breaker said. He said, uh, we're going to get nitro parties again. I am here for this. I want nitro parties. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I just hope they do an AEW show over the pool. Like that WCW spring break at spring, break. Vela. spring break. Yes. <laughs> Someone always takes a bump in the pool. Love it. And that's when <laughs> wrestling was fun. Exactly. Right? But, but that's the thing is it was fun. And that was what made it can't miss. I mean, I remember watching nitro. And then immediately watching the replay. Like, there, I can't even sit through one show on WWE right now. So, like, that would be awesome. Yeah. And it's, we've always talked about that catching lightning in a bottle, right? And it really seems like the NWO sparked that run for WCW to where it was like, you can't miss what's going to happen next. You've got to tune into the show. Right. But since WCW folded, it doesn't seem like we've had that lightning in a bottle since then. And you know what? I think AEW might have found it. It, it. At some point, it's going to become the cool thing to watch. Yeah. And I think that those numbers are going to start to go up. I think that you are going to see watch parties again. And look, I've always been a WWE guy, but you've got to admit there is solid competition right now. That roster really is second to none. And I'm not upset for WWE. I'm excited. As you said, Breaker, I'm excited to see what WWE is going to do to step up their game to compete with what AEW is doing. It's just, it's crazy. They're raising the bar every week and WWE is the one playing catch up now. They're not the only game in town anymore. And man, you can really see it in the show. You know what the funny thing is, is Vince said that AEW wasn't competition. And the second he said that all of a sudden AEW has just kind of had the rocket ship to their back. It was almost like that was the flipping switch right there. It was like, oh, by the way, here's Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan. Oh, by the way, we're going to have an Owen Hart cup. It was like, oh my God. Okay. Now Vince has to kind of acknowledge them now that they're competition. Oh, for sure. Well, and I know Jericho, he said this in several documentaries, but he, he equates the, uh, the success of WCW to the NWO storyline and the cruiserweight division 
of just really good matches. And you think about it, like WCW, it feels like I remember watching Bash at the Beach 96. I'll always reference this, the opening match, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis, and it is unbelievable. Match number two is a Carson City silver dollar bag on a pole match between <laughs> Big Bubba Rogers and John Tenta. So, <laughs> not quite the five-star classic you might be thinking. <laughs> but it's like, I remember watching that at one of my buddy's house and I was like, is this the same show? Like, what is going on here? But it was like, that was the wrestling I was used to. So in a weird way, like it was like, okay, this is like the guys from the early 90s. I get it. But then you have this fast-paced cruiserweight match if you didn't really know wrestling, you're watching like Mysterio and Psychosis and all those guys. You're like, my God, these guys are phenomenal. And then like Dean Malenko and, you know, Jericho and, and you know, Hooventude and all those guys were like really making a name for themselves and just having these amazing matches. Plus all the stars, like it was just kind of the ultimate mixture of what they needed at the time. And I think that's when they started to pull ahead. And so AEW's kind of got this weird, perfect storm happening, right? Like all this totally. cool stuff is happening there. And it, again, it makes me excited for wrestling, and that's been a long time since I've been able to say that. And that's that's what a lot of people are saying right now is that it's fun to be a wrestling fan again. Like they right. had lost that, I guess you could say that loving feeling. I guess you could say for wrestling, and now it's back, and it's cool to see everyone interested in it again. It's going to lead to more toys. It's going to lead to more yep. T-shirts. It's going to lead to more micro brawlers. There's so much merchandise that's going to be thrown at us even more now i mean i I thought i'd never say that because we have like 11 toy companies making wrestling figures that are just coming at us but we're going to have even more stuff coming at us so i can't wait for what the future holds for wrestling right now and breaker brought up a great point in that now there's going to be competition to sign legends so that means that mattel's roster is going to grow in their legend series Jazzwares hand is going to be forced to have to create a legend series if they don't already have one on the table. So you're absolutely right, Jeff, not only as a wrestling fan, but as a wrestling figure fan, it's really good right now. We've got so many options out there and we don't even know what's on the horizon. Like all these names that are going to be thrown at us over the next nine to 12 months. I can't wait to see what's next from these guys. You know, I was listening to this podcast once. and I don't remember who said it, but they said, this is the best time to be a wrestling figure collector. Like, <laughs> I don't know where I heard that, but uh, you know, this is a golden age of, of wrestling figures because it really is, you know, going to get better. You're going to have, you know, moves are going to have to be made because if you're not going to take them, we are. And, you know, Jeremy is coming from Jack's and the legends line. And you know what? He knows about contracts. He knows all this stuff. He's going to know what to do to get what needs to be done. And if they, you know, if Mattel and WWE and all of the other guys don't jump on them, I'm pretty sure any other legend, it's going to be, you know, one or the other coming up. Absolutely right. I mean, somebody's going to sign the long riders. It's going to happen. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> Enough of the long rider talk. <laughs> Three weeks in a row. The toy addict, Jeff. I can't help it. One thing I'd like to bring up real quick. I, I just saw this on Pro Wrestling Tees yesterday. They're releasing, because of to coincide with Dark Side of the Ring, a Mortis micro brawler. And, you know, I don't think a Mortis figure was on the radar for anybody because it's like, WWE's probably not going to make that. So who's going to make a Mortis figure? Well, Jazzware should make one. Like, that's such an iconic look i know he didn't have like the longest run as that character but now with dark side of the ring and, and canyon and everything else like 
give us a mortis figure like how cool would that be right like, right i would lo- i'd love them to make glacier too like that would be yes because they're both very toyetic as absolutely as we hear a lot and that would be to me like the edge that Jazzwares needs is sign these guys that wwe isn't signing because the fans want it totally and travis you said it best man jeremy has the experience with the classic superstars line and he was basically given carte blanche to if you want them go get them and there's no reason he can't do it with Jazzwares. so i think to go kind of to breaker's point like guys like mortis and guys like glacier are absolutely on the table now anyone and everyone who's not locked into a deal come on board tank abbott there you go <laughs> yes lash larue Dude, I would love a Lash LaRue figure. <laughs> he was a badass. This is the racing Cajun, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was really concerned where Breaker was going when he brought up Dark Side of the Ring because we all saw what happened last week. I was like, uh, uh-oh. uh I'm not asking for a 757 playset, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We are moving on. Uh, Nerds Clothing, Jay White figure will be an rsc exclusive he will have red tights and black tights i am excited for that figure anybody else on this panel getting it um i would like to i think it's a really cool figure i like that it's going to be on ringside yeah i like that there's two colors i hope this leads to more because i if i remember right and maybe i'm wrong here but i swore i saw packaging that had the new japan logo so i would love for this to lead into more new japan retro figures because i think is cella making this no, it's nerds clothing. Nerds clothing. Okay, uh, I thought Cello was involved in some some case, but maybe not. But yeah, I I, I, just, I hope it leads some more New Japan uh, retro guys. I think that'd be awesome. Breaker, I think you're onto something with that packaging because Jeff and I talked about it last week. They actually showed the backside of an upcoming Takahashi retro. Oh, really? Figure. Yes. So all, all the picture was was the backside, and it had the black hair, and then he had the red tips on the hair. And then the hands were kind of crossed like Hiromu. Yeah, he, uh, he came to a Harley race camp one time when he was a young boy. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. And uh, what's well, a funny story real quick on that. Um, they all the Japanese were going to go eat. And I remember being on tour and there's a legendary wrestler from pro wrestling. No one named Yoshinari Ogawa. Mm-hmm. And me and all my buddies were on the bus and he was explaining to us in great detail why in Japan, they love Taco Bell, which Scott, I'm sure you can appreciate. <laughs> so, like, I am turning Japanese. Like, <laughs> like, like how they, they, they were supposed to get their first Taco Bell and they didn't, and they were ready for it. And we were all like looking at each other, like, like Taco Bell, huh? Like this demolition man, what's going on? <laughs> and so we were all at the Harley race camp and I'm with one of my buddies, John, and um, he was wanting to talk to the Japanese and try to get back over there and all that stuff. And he was like, where do you think they at? Where, where do you think they went to go eat? And I was like, Let's go to Taco Bell. <laughs> sure enough, they were at Taco Bell. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. <laughs> they love stomach cramps. Yes, they do. That's some cheap catering, though. I mean, you know, get a bunch of 59 cent <laughs> yeah. tacos. Like, Har- Harley be oh, yeah. a hero, man. <laughs> I pop open Facebook today, and there is a chat between Scott and Travis. And it's that new, what was that new chicken sandwich or chicken uh, taco, Scott? Yes, it's a chicken taco sandwich. And I'm like, these guys, these guys, and I just popped out. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that they were going to have a love fest going on for that new chicken sandwich. I love it. I think it's great. It was good. Of course. It was really good. Yeah. I got the, I mean, for a buck 50, I got the box meal, got a five layer burrito, soft taco, and a Baja Blast because. 
is there really any other soda Taco Bell other than Baja Blast? And that's why a lot of people go there. You got to get a Baja Blast. It's an yeah. exclusive, right? Yep. To be fair, what chain restaurants have an exclusive soda? That's pretty rare. Yeah. Taco Bell does it right. The fully posable Taco Bell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're friends of the show. well that is the news thank you guys you guys actually got to sit on some of the biggest news since i would have to say macho man signing it's definitely up there yeah that's that's huge news i mean yeah owen hart that's crazy but certainly the biggest news since we started doing this podcast that's for sure oh hands down dude without a doubt without a doubt But, but you're right in the world of figures yeah, I think since Macho Man in the early 2010s, yeah, this is for sure the biggest news since that. You know, like you said, it, it just kind of it came out of nowhere. Like, you know, the, every just going along with your day. And, you know, I, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in between calls at work and I'm doing the scroll and I went, Owen Hart's all elite. And I went, oh, that's funny because everybody has an all elite picture. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it says press release by it. Hold on a second. And then, I uh, shot it to Breaker, shot it to you guys and, and our little group text and went, check this out. And then uh, what's funny is I, I text Breaker and I said, man, I wonder if this means anything with figures. And within five minutes, Jeremy Padauer is on Twitter going, guess what, guys? Owen Hart figures are coming. And it was just like, wow. Real quick, I, I have to put this out there. You know, when CM Punk signed, Jeremy had put out that we need to fast track this. And of course he's already listed for unmatched four. Do you think he fast tracks an Owen if he can? Yes. No doubt about it. Mm. No doubt about it. But is that the right call? Like we were saying, quality has got to be a big thing. here. The right? quality has got to be, that's most important because we all saw them fast track. What Nakamura in defining moments, the cash grab figure. Yes. But I mean, it was a good figure, but was it great? Well, I think the CM Punk figure is going to tell us what we need to know about the Owen. If they fast track Owen and the CM Punk isn't very good, they're going to be like, oh, crap. Like, as Travis said, you can't screw this one up. So if the CM Punk doesn't look good, you got to imagine the Owen isn't going to be that far behind it. But if the CM Punk looks great, then I think Owen is going to be just fine. And I think our first glimpse at the Owen Hart figure, the upcoming one, is going to be New York Toy Fair. New York Toy Fair it is... It's in February. Yeah, that's... That would be about right time Get frame. Some renderings. So if they're going to fast track it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a great prototype. Who knows? That'd be awesome. Is it going to be a ringside uh, exclusive? Because, you know, Breaker and I had talked about the, when he said fast track, you know, this is perfect. We'll get a CM Punk ringside exclusive because ringside has every CM Punk exclusive, the ECW, the Straight Edge Society. Like it seemed like a, a perfect fit. Did Punk get bumped being a ringside exclusive to being. Maybe they'll do something similar with the Mortis microballers. Hey, we're going to have a one-week pre-order. Everybody that's going to want this pre-order to where everybody that wants this figure can get it and not have to worry. Like the micro brawler. And yeah. not have to worry about scalpers. Because yep. if this hits the shelves, it's going to be worse than a chase figure. And you're not going to be able to pay retail because... Owen Hart, Owen Hart, Owen Hart. And is that like, you can't stop it, but this is something that people want. Like how, how do they do this without getting scalpers or or anything like that? Is, you know, is it going to be a ringside with a 14 day pre-order? And then, you know, maybe they'll make 
a 5,000 more for people that, you know, have FOMO. So we don't have to deal with scalpers. Yeah. And you got to wonder, since Martha had the input on the micro brawler, like you were talking about with the Mortis, they did, as Breaker mentioned earlier, they did it with the Owen Hart micro brawler. She wanted everybody to have a chance to get one. That makes sense that they would do that. You put a two to three week window on the pre-order so that everybody that wants one can get one. And then you cap it right there. Like you said, Travis, you make a few more to, to give the people that missed out on it a chance to get it and call it a day. And that's his first figure in over 20 years. I think that's the way to do it. Absolutely. You're right. Well, one thing I was thinking about though, with the, with it being a ringside exclusive, it doesn't seem like the ringside exclusives are usually like the first time in the line. It's usually like a variant. So that to me, that would be like the, like the original figures got to be like in the traditional singlet, but I could see like, the Japanese gear, the stampede gear, maybe that's the ringside exclusive because I feel like they're going to want like the very first Owen Hart figure to be in stores, right? Like you would mm-hmm. think, but I don't know. The best thing is, is that we're going to be getting different variations. So if you miss out on one, we're going to get another, you know, that's the way I feel about a lot of the figures that Jazzwares puts out. I missed out on, let's say Luchasaurus, but I can get Luchasaurus in another series or it's right. It's one of those things that like, okay, cool. I mean, sorry, that means it sucks that I missed out on, let's say the unrivaled series four, but I'm going to get them in a later series or I can get them off of RSC with the jungle express two pack. So there's right. going to be a lot of t- opportunities to get those figures. So we are going to move on to the nostalgia segment for WWE elite series 28. what you say, Scott? Let's talk about it. We're going back in time for nostalgia. We're going back in time, time, time. Before we jump into WWE Elite Series 28, we want you guys to follow along on WrestlingFigureDatabase.com as Scott reads off the list not go down on it like i said last week Scott, no that, don't do no. that again that was the wrong terminology last week that i said i wasn't the even, best words i wasn't even close dude anyways uh, no. <laughs> anyways uh check out the fine gentlemen over at wrestling figure database they have put together a fantastic website for everyone to use check out all the elite series jacks everything under the sun so check it out wrestling figure database dot com scott what you got for wwe elite series 28 yes sir mattel elite series 28 consisted of the big show and he was in his black singlet and he came with a monitor accessory that had a picture of triple h on it next up bray wyatt and he was in his original gear that was white pants and a black shirt and he had a hat and tropical shirt accessories next up daniel bryan he was in his black and red gear and came with a WWE championship and a yes fan sign. Demolition Crush, which I'm just going to say it, figure of the set, came with an entrance vest, mask, and gauntlets. Just picture Crush from Demolition in his entrance gear, and that was the figure. It was perfect. Next up, John Cena, and he was in his blue jorts, and he came with a hat, dog tags, armband, and microphone accessory. Last up, Triple H came with two sledgehammers, a crown, crown and a golden mask accessory and jeff that rounds out elite series 28 travis do you remember the series i uh i remember being pretty underwhelmed to be quite honest with you because a lot of these were repeats uh, i can't remember if this was bray's first but 
it's it might be his first elite. But like Scott said, I really remember the crush because you could finish Axe and Smash. And, you know, we haven't had Axe, Smash, and Crush since. Well, I, I mean, we did have them in Jacks, but like Hasbro's and you had the masks and now you had the the arm gauntlets and it just, it, it was great. Breaker, do you remember the series? I do. And I think this was Bray's first elite, if I remember correctly. Because I, I remember wanting to get it. And, and then, of course, Demolition Crush was such a, it, it felt like a pipe dream because I feel like at this point, Legends was already over. Um, yeah. And, and so it was like, oh, we never got a crush. And like somehow they were able to pull that one off. It, it's weird, though, that they had the rights to do this crush, but we never got Kona Crush from Mattel, which is disappointing. Yeah, or Evil Crush. Yeah. Actually, Nate from Ring Skirts brought up, he said he, it's disappointing we haven't had a jailbird crush in like the Jack Sprone crunching action. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. point. <laughs> uh, Scott, what was your favorite figure in this series? Oh, easily it's Crush, dude. What? Easily it's Crush. Dude, come on. I mean, like <laughs> Travis said, he made a great point that this is a lot of repeat figures aside from Bray Wyatt's initial elite figure, which a lot of people clamored for that one too. Sure. I had a hard time finding Bray. I never even saw Crush. That figure was, impo- at least out here, was impossible for me to locate. So ended up with Bray, and that's the only one I got out of the set. Yeah, I only found Crush one time, and that was at uh, Hayward Toys R Us. And then the Bray, I had to scoop up like two or three of them because I was putting them up. I was displaying them because I wanted to, spoiler alert, we'll get into it in a future series, but I wanted Harper and Rowan behind them. So I have like the full display piece going on, you know, Bray sitting in the rocking chair, spoiler alert, there's a rocking chair coming up in the Elite Series. But I had to have the whole set because it was the Wyatt family and they were huge at the time. And yes, it was it was Bray's first elite figure. A little fun fact on a uh, rocking chair. He had to haul that himself because they wouldn't store that for him at NXT. Oh, oh wait, to each show? Yeah, he literally had to load it in his truck. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> we had a storage locker that we kept the ring in. Okay. And it was like, you know, set this in here? No. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> What? Oh my gosh! No, that takes up way too much room. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, a chair. It's a rocking chair. They can fit twenty of them on the sidewalk at Cracker Barrel. Come on. The things that go on at that place—it's—it's it's fascinating. And I had not thought about that story until you brought up the rocking chair accessory. Because I was like, "Oh, that's right. I remember this." <laughs> Man, what about the lantern? He had to haul that too. He didn't do the lantern in NXT. That was a main roster thing. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they, they kind of incorporated that later, but yeah, I, it was, I mean, I I'm full of all those random little things that like happened and all that stuff. But yeah, I remember that one specifically because I, I think they eventually did start storing it, but it was like, no, I need the rocking chair. What do need the rocking chair? It's part of the character. You know, it's like, cool. Cause, and it's not like he's talking to WWE people. He's talking like the people that do like the sets and stuff. And so, you know, two different people not communicating it's like okay just let him let him keep his prop up here good lord you know <laughs> seems so simple Jeez. Well, yeah travis do you have any memories of finding any of these figures outside of the usuals of big show triple h and stuff um i remember finding these in meyer of all places um meyer is a northeast 
another department store like uh, Target and Walmart, but um, they get figures every like three, four months. So they'll get a set and then they won't get anything for three or four more series. And I remember going to Meyer and, you know, have to check the toy aisle and seeing Crush because that was the only place that I that I saw and was, was at Meyer and just going, holy crap, it's Crush. Holy crap, there's new toys at Meyer. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, what is going on? So, yeah, I remember, you know, picking up, up Crush at uh, Troy Meyer. You know, you guys talk about all your, your different Toys R Uses and uh, your Walmarts that you guys go to. But that, uh, this was right. at the Troy uh, Meyer in, uh, in Ohio that, uh, that I bought my Demolition Crush. Breaker, how about you? Did you see these around your area? So at this time, I wasn't really collecting uh, elites. I'd kind of gotten out of it, but um, I mean, I was friends with all the Wyatts. So I, I, I wanted to get them because they were like the first guys that the shield got called up when I was, when I was in NXT, but they were like, they were kind of leaving when I was kind of getting there. So like I was around, but not much the Wyatts, I was around a lot. So when they got called, up, I was like, man, I really want to get those guys. That would be cool. And Oddly enough, I was at a random Target and I saw Bray and I saw Crush actually. And I was just like, whoa. And so, yeah, I picked them both up. Nice. So I am going to read off the eBay listings. And I, what I do is I read off the last sold listings, mint on cards. So we'll start with Big Show. Big Show with Triple H on the TV screen. Triple H appeared twice in the series. Yes, he did. Double paychecks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody remember a skit where Triple H was on Big Show's TV or anything? It, was this was this a Jeritron? Because he's in his blue singlet. Like, is this when he was teaming with Jericho? Like, I, I, no, Jericho was twenty. Was that two thousand nine? Yeah, wasn't it? I think so. Jericho. I, I, so, I, I'm stretching. Like I'm really trying to figure out where this is coming from, but I'm, I'm with you, dude. And somebody will correct us because somebody will remember one specific Rob where triple H was on his TV. I don't, I don't remember it specifically, but this figure last eBay sold listing was actually today, September 23rd for $50 five zero. I'm actually shocked. It went for $50. Cause I saw that figure everywhere. Wow. I know, dude. Yeah, that's crazy to me because like, he's had a ton of elites, right? I mean, so why that one specifically and why why 50? That's, I don't know. It seems weird to me. Do you think it's AEW fans that want him in their collection? No, because they know that they're going to be getting a big show or a Paul White figure. Or Captain Insano. <laughs> <laughs> if you get two people that are trying to finish a line, you know, they'll throw that. At, I'm going to pay an extra 10 bucks just because I want to complete this series of elite or whatnot and you know with the millions of people on it like so it might be 50 bucks because somebody had to complete their elite lineman on card and that was the last one because good point you know why would they want big show to be like i don't know yeah i know dude like us we scratch our heads over that one bray wyatt with the hat the tropical shirt last sold ebay listing mint on card september 19th for $54. I thought that would be a tad bit higher just because it was Bray's first elite figure. And now that he's not with WWE anymore, I thought it would be a little bit higher. I agree. And then that's, and that one I think makes more sense. Cause it's like the fedora, the shirt, you know, cause his, his figures changed, you know, and his whole character changed. So it's like right. the old school look. So yep. Exactly. That one I get the big show, not so much. 
Yeah. And it's only $4 more than the big show figure. I, I don't know. Sometimes we read off these eBay listings and I'm like, what is going on here? Daniel Bryan, WWE championship fan sign that says, yes, yes, yes. Last sold eBay listing, September 6th for $40. Any surprise there? It's not even his best figure. No, no. And again, a ton of elite figures. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to get one cheaper. Maybe. I don't know. Unless there's specifically a reason like you want that one. Cause I, yeah. uh, I remember them making one of Brian with the uh, Wyatt family coveralls. Yep. Yes. And I don't, I don't, I think that was coming up a little bit later on, but like, I get that one being for more. Cause it's like a special one, but this one, nah. Yeah. Agree. Crush with demolition mask vest gauntlets. Last sold eBay listing was yesterday, September 22nd for $70. That figure actually used to be higher because I was always thinking about getting an extra one to put in my loose collection. That figure was always higher, about $115. And I saw this one for 70, checked a few others. And there was about, I think there was four on eBay that were going for about 60 bucks, 50 bucks. And I actually considered it. Wow. That seems really low, dude. Yeah, I agree. I was expecting that one to be like, like you said, 115. If you would have said 150, I'd have been like, yeah, okay. It's the only modern day crush. I think it's what just like the third ever demolition crush. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, But no, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. John Cena microphone hat and the John Cena armbands last sold listing July 3rd. Going back to July for $44.99. Triple H with the crown gold mask and the two sledgehammers. There was actually none on the last sold eBay listings. Not even loose? Not even loose. I had to put NA. Yep. So if anybody wants to sell that one, put it up now because yours would probably be the only one. Yeah, no competition. I know, right? So usually we say good series. This one was just... The reason it was good was because of two figures, Bray Wyatt and Crush. For yeah. sure. We wanted that Crush figure so bad too. And we only saw it yeah. once and you didn't even see it out in your area, Scott. Not at all. No, but yeah, you're right, Jeff. This was kind of a throwaway series as far as I'm concerned, save for two figures. The rest of it was just rehash. But I think it seems it seems bigger than it was because I don't think people expected Crush. I certainly didn't. I thought there's no way they'll do a demolition crush just randomly in the elite line. And they did. And so that made it to me, it made it seem like a bigger deal than it was. Right. Right. And like Travis said, you get to put him with your ax and smash from the legends <clears throat> line. So get to complete demolition in Mattel form. So that rounds out the nostalgia segment. We're just going to jump right into points of articulation. And for those that don't know how this game works, points of articulation is where we rate and score a figure. So you guys don't know what figures I have listed here. So I am going to throw that out to you guys and you guys will have to give it a score from one to 10. Scott, you know how this game works. Yes, sir. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. All right. The first figure, Kamala LJN. Hmm. Do you want me to go first or does somebody else want to jump in? Why don't you go for it? Okay. So you got to love LJNs, right? No posability to them, or I should say very little posability. But they did come with really cool accessories a lot of the times. Unfortunately, this Kamala didn't. You'd think maybe he'd come with a shield, 
Maybe he'd come with his spear that he carried to the ring. Maybe he'd come with his mask, but no accessories. It was just Kamala. It's cool. He's in a good pose. You can do bodies because he's got his arms kind of cocked up. So you can do body slams, clotheslines. You could do a super kick if you wanted to. <laughs> a good figure, not a great figure. I'm going to go 6.8. You're going 6.8. Yeah, I'm going a little bit low on him. I'm not super impressed with that Kamala. It's okay. Okay. Travis? I, I feel like... Uh... You know, saying like, we all know the rules, one bite, but I really don't want to take a bite out of Kamala <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, did he shoot off his fingers? Oh, that's right. I did not slander us over there. I echo a lot of what Scott said, but this was one, if I recall, where wasn't he like Honky Tonk Man, where when they made him in a brown? So, like, if things started scratching off, like his shawl or what like his loincloth like it would turn brown but as a bad guy that you know that would go up against hogan or anybody else all you needed him to do is the splash with his hands up and you know at that point you just lay him on his back and he's counting the, the stars in the sky instead of on his belly so i give him a 7.4 all right and breaker what do you give it so uh, I'm going to change my score a little bit just because it was almost dead even with what Scott said. I was like, oh, I need to go to change it a bit. Um, <laughs> here's one thing I will say about the LJN. Most LJNs are really, really fun, like the look of them, the pose that they're put in. However, Kamala, we've I feel like we found out since the LJN is an incredibly toyetic character. They killed it with the Hasbro. and the Mattel figures have been phenomenal. Like Kamala, yes. they usually nail him pretty well. And I think it's because he has a lot to work with, with the face paint, the, you know, the, the moon, the stars, the loincloth, the mask, all the, all the stuff. And like Scott was saying, like without the mask and the shield, that's, and that's another aspect of him. Like you, you're, you're not really getting Kamala without that. And it was kind of like when they did the LJ and Hercules Hernandez, like if they didn't have the armor, it wouldn't quite, look right um or you know or some of the other characters where it's like they they need that extra element so i'm gonna i'm gonna drop it down to like a i'm gonna say a 6.1 on the lj and kamala oh wow 6.1 but i think scores go higher if the accessories or even just one of the accessories came with him the mask the shield just something and because it would add to the look of the character totally yes yeah absolutely i'm gonna go seven one on it i i dug it and like Travis said, you can do the splash with it. Um, That's a great point. Yes. You popped me, dude, when you said uh, you can do a super kick. And I had forgotten that Kamala used to do a super kick. And I'm like, oh, my God, he did do a super kick. <laughs> he threw a wicked little super kick. Kamala did. Dude, it was more of a thrust kick. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm going to go seven one on that figure. Next figure. Fun figure. Doink Hasbro. Oof. Purple card, Doink, Hasbro. Breaker, I'll start with you. So I've always loved Doink, right? I mean, I, I love the character of like, it was so funny early on. He was a, he was a mean clown, right? Like right. kids kind of generally are a little scared of clowns. It was a f- really ahead of its time character that, you know, I know they turned baby face because they had some complaints, but it's like, man, that was such a good character. To say they nailed Doink would be like a gross understatement. Mm-hmm. The rooted hair 
on that Hasbro is so good. And, and fun fact, and this is just kind of just cause I've been talking with Jason Wolf a lot. The parts on that figure are very reusable. Um, on a lot of the figures he uses the doink legs specifically he's used several times. So to me, it's just, it's nearly as, I, I don't know if you could have made a more perfect Hasbro figure. It's incredibly underrated. It's, it, you know, the look, the hair, you know, all that stuff. I love it. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 9.2 on Ooh, doink Hasbro. 9.2. Wow. Man, that's a great score. Travis, what you got? I love this figure. I, you know, it's, it is that second doink, not the Matt Bourne where he, you know, he's running around and has all the extra doinks. And, you know, I, I wanted a dink, yes. the rooted hair, you know, that, I think that was the first action figure I had with, at the time I called it Barbie hair because, you know, everybody, all the, the boy toys had real like molded hair. So the other cool thing about him being a Hasbro is he had the open hand and that was, you know, that was a new thing. It's like, well, that's kind of cool. And uh, you know, I, I want to piggyback off of what breaker said, the, uh, the legs of uh, doing the clown, if you didn't know uh, those were going to be the legs for the rhythm and blues, Greg, the hammer Valentine. Those are Greg hammers oh. legs without the shin guard. So yep. they reuse the legs. Um, I will give it uh, with all of the, you know, the praise that it has and all that. I will give it um, an 8.6. Good score. Man, everybody loves this figure. Scott, what you got? Yeah, a lot of high scores and well-deserved. Um, to kind of go off of what Travis said, the only other wrestling figure that I can remember before Doink that had rooted hair was precious hmm. from the uh, Jimmy Garvin and Steve Regal three pack. Mr. Electricity. <laughs> Mr. Electricity himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first wrestling figure that I can recall that had rooted hair. And so when we got that doink, well, it made perfect sense. Green rooted hair, of course, on the clown. Absolutely. The outfit nailed it. We've talked about the legs. Travis mentioned the open hand. Uh, you know, that upcoming Ultimate Edition that's coming with the ring, that's maybe in contention for the best doink ever. But until we have that one in hand and can judge it properly, this one to me, the doink Hasbro is the best doink ever. And I'm going to be up there with Breaker. Somewhere right in the middle of Travis and Breaker, I'm going 9.1. What I loved about it was the colors on it, on his yes. outfit. It just popped. I mean, it just grabbed your attention. You're walking down the figure aisle. If you have, if you happen to see the purple cards in your area on the, on the aisles or in the pegs, the, it just grabbed your attention. It was perfect. The rooted hair I loved and, and I'm glad it wasn't like painted or some type of plastered on hair. That's another part that I, I loved about it. So I'm going high on this one. I'm going to say eight, nine. All right. We're all grouped right there. Man, we really love Doink. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about this figure without the rooted hair. It's hard to imagine that figure with molded hair. Like they did the root. It was just so perfect for what they were putting out that right. I can't imagine it any other way at all. Molded hair would have just been a wreck. Like Harley Race with the Polly Pocket style robe was just a perfect choice. 
for the elite flashback. I think the rooted hair was just the ultimate decision by Hasbro. I'm curious what made them, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jeff, but I'm curious what made them think like, let's do rooted hair. Like, cause that feels like that'd be a lot more work than, and probably more costly than just trying to mold the head. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm glad they did because it turned out amazing. Oh, yeah. It was a fantastic Hasbro, a very underrated Hasbro. If you look at the Hasbro line, there's a lot of figures that you look through and you're just like, man, that was an underrated figure that a lot of people don't talk about. Totally. And the, doink, the doink is one of those. You're absolutely no right. And, and Bushwhackers, too. I'll, I'll throw those guys in there as well. Thank you. Yes. And the Nasty Boys. And the Nasty yeah. Boys. Uh, last figure. I'm going to go Bret Hart Defining Moments. Canadian flag, black jacket, Travis, what you got? This is, to me, other than the red-carded Hasbro, the definitive Bret Hart figure. Spoilers, it's going to be higher than seven in my top ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, This is one of those figures, and I, I'm glad that you brought this up. This is one of those figures that, I, to this day, have regrets not buying dozens of these because my Walmarts around here were just stocked with this Bret Hart defining moments. They were $5, $8. Like, they were on clearance, oh. and they couldn't oh, move. No. And, like, I just remember getting my own and going – this is awesome, but like, if they're on clearance, I don't need to buy any more. Like, I, I've got what I need. I got a, you know, got a second one to, for loose, and you know, put the loose display, kept a men on card. Like, I got what I needed, but like, with this figure was just everywhere um, up here, and you know, it has the glasses, it has the soft goods leather jacket, it has the the Canadian flag, like, yes, it's a little bit of a mishmash from survivor series and, you know, a couple other things, but like, cause of the title, right? Yeah. So it, it, and I'm okay with that. Like if you can, if you can pinpoint a, a figure within a certain time frame, six months, 12 months, I'm okay. Like if it doesn't have the belt or if it does like, you know, bring the, uh, flag in, you know, as long as it's within a, a certain time frame and you kind of mishmash it, like I'm all for it. Um, but I'm gonna give this this could be really high, but I'm gonna give it a 9.4. The packaging was great. You could see that the wasn't the back open on this one too, to where you could see Hitman on the back. I I, I can't remember. Back was open. yeah, you could see the Hitman on the jacket. Um, you didn't have the scraggle like spaghetti straps going down his face. Like it, it was <laughs> the hair glob, it, the hair glob. <laughs> it was just, and it's sad that the one of the earliest, if not the earliest Mattel Bret Hart is the best Bret Hart that we've got from Mattel. All right, Scott, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to be up there with Travis on this one. I agree that in terms of Bret Hart figures, it goes red card Hasbro. I totally agree with you, Jeff. That is the best Bret. This is like 1A. This one is outstanding from everything Travis said, the accessories. But I love how the front of it lends itself well to getting it signed with a paint pen because the Defining Moments package, not only was it open on the back so you could see the detail on the back of the figure, but the front had a full clear plastic window so that you could have Brett sign on there 
and nice big signature on the front. I've seen a bunch of them signed. They look amazing, but the figure inside, it's almost impossible not to want to open this thing up just to display the figure for how good it is. The accessories are incredible. The jacket, the sunglasses, the flag. It just screams to me like Brett 97. And I love it. It is such a good figure. On this one, I'm going to go exactly like I did with the Doink. I'm going 9.1. Oh. It's tremendous, dude. And it lends itself well. When you say defining moment, that figure to me defines what a defining moment figure should be from how good, as Travis said, how good the sculpt on Brett is to all of the accessories that came with them. That is what a defining moment figure should be. So when you look at that, you just picture Brett from 97 going, if I had to stick an enema in the United States, it would be here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> As a Browns fan, he's not wrong about that. John <laughs> <laughs> Michaels, you're nothing but a boy boy. <laughs> or him going up to Canada. Thank you for letting me be your hero. <laughs> Steve from PPW does such a great old man Bret Hart impression. It's fantastic. I love it. The only thing that I think was missing from this figure was a sunny accessory. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Breaker, what you got for this figure? Um, I so very similar to what Travis said. This is one I I ended up buying later, but I regret because I remember seeing it in droves at Walmart just shelves full probably 30 figures of this one and i don't know what it is i think because now we're so i feel like as collectors we're a lot more careful with our like we don't pass things up as Correct. much and at that point it's like when you see like 30 figures you're like i got time i can get it yeah. they've got 30 of them you know it's always that i can wait and, and it's always such a dangerous game to play and like I said, it ended up getting it later. And and I, I will agree. It is like the definitive, like Mattel, Bret Hart. I still, I agree. The Hasbro is still probably the best one in my opinion, but this is easily the best Mattel Bret, which is very strange that for some reason, it's like, they can't quite capture him now. Like they were able yep, to, you're right. He's had like a weird run where it's like, what is going on here? Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. This one's great. The defining moments packaging has always been great i've always kind of had my uh, my issues with that line when it's like oh nakamura is a defining moment and it's like okay i get that but for the extra accessory you put in another ring jacket i'm pretty sure that nxt takeover he didn't wear two ring jackets to the ring so <laughs> i feel like this is a cash grab yep. so uh but this was definitely one and i know the belt was kind of a controversial thing and i think even bill addressed that he was like uh, you're getting an extra accessory. Like, well, like, why is anyone upset? Like, okay, he wasn't the WWF champion at the time. You're getting an extra accessory. Is it that big a deal? Um, but I, I would agree. This also, I feel like this is a huge representative of Bret Hart from 1997. Cause during that period, it was a lot of the straight, you know, the black top, the black pants where, you know, before I, the pink would be mixed in there a little bit, but he always kind of wore the same color scheme throughout, throughout most of 97. And so, yeah, I agree. This is such an amazing figure. Like I said, I really, you know, like if I knew, if I knew now what I, what I wish I knew then, like, I wish I would have grabbed like all those 30 figures when they were going on clearance because of how pricey this one is now. But you know, that's, that's collecting. Yeah. Yeah. So what score do you give it? I'm going to go, I'm going to go pretty high. I'm going to go 9.2. 9.2. So wait, you rated doink higher? 
or the same as the breath? Well, I think I did rate. Okay, I'll change it to 9.3. How about that? <laughs> Just to avoid all confrontation. <laughs> it's got it's got a good undercarriage. That's for that extra point one. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. And Doink wasn't my favorite. He wasn't in my favorite color scheme. If it was in like the, the red and blue as opposed to like the green, like, oh yeah, been perfect. So for this bread, I'm going to give it an eight, eight. Um, the only knock against it is I still hold to this day that Mattel has never captured Brett's face. I don't know. There's something that's amiss with me on the face. So I'm going to go eight, eight. Cause I agree with you guys. It's just a fantastic figure. It's dressed up beautifully in the defining moments, packaging and everything. Um, Breaker, I agree with you about the defining moments packaging. Even when they scaled it down and made it a little bit thinner and added the artwork in the back, I felt I've always felt like the defining moments packaging is one of the better packagings not only Mattel has ever done, but anybody has ever done. Packaging alone on that has always made me feel like that extra five dollars or whatever it was was worth it because it was such a good box. Agreed, yes. Sorry, they switched stuff up too. So each of the boxes were like when, when they did shrink it down, were like individualized. Because if you look at the the Hogan defining moment, it's the back of his ripped shirt, the ripped right. flare and the the black and the 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 robe. There, it's got like a robe line around it. So they they did individualize it, or I I think make them specific to that defining moment. Well, what they did is the original run of the defining moments they had the, just the back opened. But then when they came out, they kind of slimmed down the packaging a little bit and started adding, like you said, individual characteristics of the wrestler in the packaging. For example, I think Sting was his face paint in the back or his, I th- I'd have to see it again. I don't have it in front of me. They just kind of made it more unique to the guy that was in the package. So I've always loved that packaging. Uh, Breaker, what w- what Harley story do you have for us? Okay. I don't think I've told you this one before. If I have, it's funny. So hopefully you'll still enjoy it. <laughs> um, I was doing a, a show in 2011. It was a, it was a pretty big show for, for our company. William Regal was there. Ricky Steamboat was there. This was like right before I got signed. And so I knew I needed to have a really good match. So I knew they were watching all the Japanese were there, and, you know, so it was a big show for us. I'm wrestling a guy named Jack Gamble who's one of my good friends and uh, he was still relatively new and kind of green, but I wanted him to do a dive. And that seems very passe in 2021, but Harley did not let us do anything like that. Like he never let us do dives. He never let us no chairs. I mean, it was very like, keep it in the ring, like nothing like that. And so I'm like, all right, I want to do a dive tonight. Gamble was all for it. So I went and talked to the athletic commission who was a cool guy. And he was like, yeah, that could be a good spot. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so, he's good. so now I got to go talk to the boss. And uh, of course he's out there smoking a cigarette. And uh, so I walk up to him and I was like, Harley, there's a lot of people here. It's going to be a big show. I have an idea. I'd like, you know, gamble to do a dive. And I told him what I wanted him to do. He's looking at me, takes a drag of a cigarette. He's like, can you catch him? <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Fine. I got to take a piss. (laughs) And then he proceeded to piss outside. (laughs) 
like, well, we got clearance. We're good to go now. <laughs> oh. and did you catch him? I did. Yeah. And actually, right. it was actually Perfect. a really good match. So he, he was, he was happy with it. Everyone was happy with it. It was, it was a good night. That's oh, awesome. That's <laughs> hilarious. I love the Brit. I love the uh, Harley stories that you always bring to the show. It seems like each show you always have one that you always kind of remember, or like, I always enjoy getting the text afterwards. You're like, wait a second. I had another one for the show. I got, all right, I'll tell it next time. Yeah. And that's a, and that's the thing with them is that like, it's hard to remember like on the spot, every little thing. But I'm actually um, in a couple of weeks going to meet up with some of the guys from Missouri. One of the guys is getting married. So we're all going to do a bachelor party, quote unquote. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, to, I'll, when I see all of them again, I'm sure like all these stories, because usually they'll bring up stuff to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then it's, you know, it's always, always more fun to dive into that stuff. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Don't forget your one gun. If you're going on a bachelor party, <laughs> it's mandatory. You got to bring mandatory. it. Just glad that we've got mandatory. like three or four like episodes it. in the can, because if you don't come back, like we we've got, you know, we've still got some <laughs> material to, to put out. Well, and that, and that's good because people are going to want to hear about, you know, dark wing duck and everything else that we've got going. So. <laughs> nice what's some of your favorite toy lines that you guys have discussed up to this point so like today's show that just dropped was darkwing duck like let's uh-huh. go back what's some of your favorite lines that you guys have discussed that some of your favorites man so you know it's funny because I, I i know a lot of people have you know because i mean me and travis connected through wrestling figures you know obviously and through your show but I remember me and him talking and it was always like, he, he mentioned something about Marvel legends. Like, Oh, you're into Marvel legends. Like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh man, me too. And then like, I found out like, you know, then he, he man gets relaunched. GI Joe gets relaunched and all these stuff. And so like, he's into the same stuff I'm in. So it's like, Oh, that's cool. Like we're all into these, these different toy lines. And so we'll start talking about different stuff. I know the line that he was very familiar with. And I wasn't that really, I was like, man, these are cool. It was DC superpowers from Kenner from the eighties, that was such a cool line. Um, you know, cause they're still obviously making DC figures now, but I'm like, man, these are fantastic. And I know, um, Marvel is kind of doing a Kenner relaunch. I would love to see something like this on the DC side of things. It's, it was cool stuff. Travis, how about you? What's some of your favorite stuff that you've kind of touched on, on the TB toy cast? I mean, other than Breaker, because I've touched on Breaker a couple times. Through, I mean, never mind. Cut that out. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's staying in. <laughs> Good Lord, man. <laughs> if you guys could see the awkward like look on Breaker's face right now, because he's such a straight guy. Like, it's amazing. Um, no. Um, woo. Um, <laughs> I did love talking about um, the superpowers line um, just because I, I did have a real fondness of it. Like in the episode I said, you know, they were made within an hour of my house. So they were everywhere. Um, the other ones that have been my favorite have been the one-offs. Like when we talked about Viewmaster and Pogs, like I'm, I'm born in 81. So like I'm the bridge between you guys and breaker. So like, I'm an eighties kid at heart, but I was a teenager in the nineties. So I was able to 
you know, I feel like take advantage of where you guys were, you know, a couple of years older and it's like, ah, oh, pogs, you know, whatever. But like, I, I, I feel like I could do, you know, take both of them. And, you know, I do remember Viewmaster and loved that. So these, these one-offs I like to talk about because it's a catch-all. You can talk about, you know, more than, you know, just, you know, this line and this series. It's like, I remember this or I remember that. And I think that's one of the things, you know, about our podcast that listeners like, you know, and that's what, you know, you guys can probably relate to this, but, you know, telling those stories of, you know, I remember the Viewmaster aisle being that connector aisle between the toy aisle and, you know, hardware, that very last aisle of the toy aisle, like, and just bringing that into the, the podcast and, you know, sharing those memories, uh, you know, I, I think is, is, are one of the things that separates us and the listeners like hearing us rambling on. I see it now. I love the Viewmaster back in the day. I was all about the Viewmaster, and I just remember sitting there with that big red box and just have a bunch of discs sitting in front of me. And what I like to do is I like to shuffle them, so I didn't know what I was getting next. So is it my getting Knight Rider? Am I getting Smurfs? Am I getting Dukes of Hazard? You know, I didn't know what Viewmaster disc I was going to be plopping in next. So I was a huge fan of the Viewmaster. Scott, what about you, dude? Oh, I love the Viewmaster, but one thing to kind of touch on what uh, Breaker and Travis do on their show, it's very nostalgia driven, right? Yes. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the upcoming NECA figure that we are all raving about today over chat. Alf. 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 Yes. Yes. Amazing. Right. I mean, like who who's thinking like, that's not on your 2021 bingo card. We're going to get an owl figure. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no but that's, way. But that's like one of those things, like everybody's like, oh my God. And it's like the ultimate one-off figure. It looks incredible. Like NECA always kills it, right? It's just like, right. Yes. And you didn't okay, realize you yeah. needed an owl figure until you saw it sitting in front of you going, I need that owl figure. Yeah, I'm going to need yes. that. <laughs> and all of the accessories that come with him. Yes. And that was what got me was lucky the cat was in between two pieces of bread i'm like okay <laughs> i didn't even notice that that's awesome here's here's my 55 bucks or whatever it's gonna be or 35 45 whatever it's gonna be here's my money yeah that's a no-brainer pickup for a lot of us kids that grew up in the 80s even the 90s because i believe alf was like a late 80s mm-hmm. sitcom right yeah it was i remember i remember watching it yeah for sure yeah. yeah so if you're an 80s or a 90s kid like that's right up your alley i'm wondering if we're gonna get some more plush elves because i remember as a kid jeff and i both I, had the elf plush we i loved had that, that as well loved it i think yeah. i did too actually i uh yeah i'm hoping for a neca four pack of bullia baseball out and get all the bullia baseball guys that he used to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic but you know what awesome. that's the cool thing too is you spend money on this figure they're going to see that elf is a hot property that's going to lead to more elf figures hopefully yeah, and, and what's cool, I think, at this point, a friend of mine brought this up to me one time, um, which I was like, man, that's so true. He's like, if you look at a lot of toys, it's not stuff geared towards young kids. It's like Alf, like that's not hitting the current generation. That's hitting us and the nostalgia feels. And like, yeah. that's kind of what they're gearing to- toys towards now. So I think with more toys becoming successful like this, you might see them, toy companies, trying different stuff. I'm like, well, maybe let's try this. Like, I don't think anyone would have thought Alf two three years ago but things are doing so well now that's like yeah let's give it a shot and you know good on NECA for making that happen I think it's I think it's a great thing totally agree and you've got to wonder which one is next right which toy property from the 80s because literally everything is getting resurrected now like you mentioned breaker like in 2021 who would have guessed Alf 
Right. So I think everything that was in the eighties is fair game. I mean, from punky Brewster and we've also talked about like mask, like who knows what property is going to be launched next as a toy. Do you know what I'm, I'm hoping for is launched next relaunch silver, silver spoons. <laughs> no, sir. Oh. <laughs> American gladiators. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe not like the ones they did, but some type of new gladiator figures. I'd be all about those, man. They've got to have that playability, though, because that's what was so cool about the toys that came out is you could just rough them up and play with them. Yeah. But I don't know about like a NECA brand of American Gladiators. They look fantastic, but there's no playability. I think that was kind of the magic of that toy line was all the the play sets and the figures that came with it. You could just rough them up and they were they were very true to the show. I loved that about them. I would love to see that get relaunched. Great well, we, actually, we did a main event on that early on in the TV toy cast. And that was kind of one of the things we talked about. It was, it was a play set driven line. Yeah. And, you know, play sets, especially in those days, that's like a birthday gift. That's a Christmas gift sometimes. So when it's not just for um, the figures, it, it makes it a little bit harder to, to get the full collection when there's like seven or eight play sets to get. Yeah, totally. Nitro comes with a joust. Ah, so good. <laughs> Or uh, jazz comes with that uh, gun. Remember the uh, gun yeah. that would shoot tennis balls out like a hundred and fifty miles an hour. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> they would Love give that. They would give the uh, contestants like the worst guns, and it would like fire a, a football that would just die out like three <laughs> feet in front of the gladiator that was firing a hundred mile an hour tennis ball at their face. <laughs> I, hey, you get a, You get a Nerf bow and arrow. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Meanwhile, you got a rapid fire tennis ball launcher up on the platform. It, it goes like so fast. You can't even see it on the screen. <laughs> yes, exactly. The only thing you have a chance exactly. with are those three grenades or softballs. But guess what? You are 10 feet away from a hundred mile an hour tennis ball from shooting you because you are yes. right underneath it and it's like good luck because if you stand oh, up man. you're just getting lit up absolutely so have you guys ever considered on the tb toy cast to do board games out of curiosity uh so funny you mentioned that um we've been doing here lately because you know it's kind of a choose your own adventure at the end right i was giving travis three choices right and he right. picks our next main event well then i started ma- breaking down categories and like, okay, so this category, like for instance, Darkwing Duck was in the category of animation, I think, right? And um, Pogs was in the category of not a figure. And so anyway, I actually created a, my next set of categories. One was just like, like totally random or something. And there is a board game on there. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites and um, would be, to me, it's still a fun game today. So that like, to me, it's like stuff like that's so fun to talk about. And, and like, too, like with Pogs and Viewmaster, to me, it's really fun to talk about a toy that is like so random, like the popularity. It's like Pogs, you look at them like, how are these popular? Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of collectability. And so I think that was kind of a factor, kind of like, like sports cards are right now, right? They're huge. Will they be in two years? Probably not. But that's just kind of those ebbs and flows that happen. And what I love about your guys' show, too, is you're turning people onto toy lines that they may not have known about. Like, Breaker, you specifically mentioned Cops, a fantastic toy line that yeah. was really, there were so much, or there was so much toy activity at Toys R Us that that line, I think, just got overlooked and shoved under the rug and people just forgot about it. But now you can kind of bring those lines back to life and draw attention to them. Kind of like Jeff and I talking about Remco's, a lot of people are like, that was a Remco. 
and we were able to kind of shine a light on that. I love that you guys are shining a light on what I would kind of call like these obscure toys, like cops, a perfect example of that. I love that you're shining a light on those and bring them to people's attention. Then you just got to watch eBay to be like, okay, our dollar value, you know, dollar amounts, are those going to go up on those older toys now? Cause you guys are kind of shining a light on that. And the coolest thing about that is I've actually had several people reach out to our Twitter account and be like, Hey, do you take suggestions? And I'm like, absolutely. I take suggestions. Cause it's easy to just dive into the stuff that we personally remember, but like I know Nate from Ring Skirts has has given me several good suggestions. One of them was like the Mattel Food Fighters line from the late eighties. Oh, nice. And I'm nice. like, oh, that's a good one. And then uh, another guy, that I can't, I apologize, I don't remember his name, but he mentioned a line called Zbots, which are like an offshoot of micro machines. And he's like, look into them; they're really underrated. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so, you know, what I mean, so I love hearing that because it's like. I don't know what Z-Bots are, but I have a feeling when me and Travis talk about them, we're going to be like, okay, these are fantastic, you know? And then you start <laughs> right. eBay, you're like, Dang eBay, it. here we come. Yep. Or it's one of those things, like, if you don't know about it, you'll remember passing it in the toy aisle, kind of like what Scott was saying, because there was a, yes. you know, during that late 80s, early 90s, they made action figures of everything. And, you know, I may not have bought mm-hmm. it, right? but, oh, man, I kind of remember that being at the end of the Hot Wheels line, or I remember that between this and that at children's palace and toys r us so you know and, and like there's another line that we haven't dove into at all starting lineups like that's a huge one right oh yeah i, I was gonna but, i hadn't told breaker but i was gonna surprise you guys because i'm always the one scott i feel your pain because breaker gives me a surprise question every episode so i know like i feel <laughs> your i feel your pain but i was gonna ask with uh you know opening day coming up you know, well it's a i'll we're getting to the World Series, but you know, schedule this out for opening day. I, I think we'd like to get back with you guys to do a starting lineup episode. Man, how many parts is that thing going to be? See, that's that was a thing. I'm like, do we break down series by series, or do we do it this as like a one off? Because that's so much, Ooh, you know. Yes. Like, yeah. And I and a funny story about that is I remember my cousin collected those. And I was like in his room and he's like three years older than me. And I'm like, Oh, you got, you got figures. He goes, those aren't toys. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. they are. Like, <laughs> like oh, those are, oh, you play with toys. These are, these are like collectibles or you had a name for it. And I'm like, you're just trying to be fancy, you know, like, I don't think so. I don't buy it, but you know, again, such a cool line. And honestly, it's, it's one of those weird things, like as, as hot as cards are right now, how are we not seeing starting lineups on the pegs again? Because those would be, they would be huge business, I think. Totally agree. And I can't believe that that secondary market hasn't picked up unless I'm wrong. And all of a sudden it has with the way cards have gone back up. I've always been shocked at how low the values are on those uh, starting lineup figures. Well, honestly, what I'm seeing is, is that sports figures kind of sit on pegs. Like yeah. if they're not the local guy, they mm. just sit there. And unless they just do a run of local guys. And I think that McFarlane has done that before. And even some of those have sat on pegs where they just bombard the market with Scott for us out here, Niners, Giants, A's, all that, all that stuff. And when the Raiders were here, they just bombard us with, you know, they were bombarding us with Bumgarner figures and, you know, whatever Giants players were hot at the time. And then they just sat there. I don't know. I don't foresee sports action figures coming back and well you know uh the sharks did a starting lineup giveaway so did the a's 
And the A's did too. That's what well, I mean. Like recently though, over like the last, did the A's do one recently? Like within the last three years? Okay. Yeah. I was hoping that was kind of a precursor to them relaunching the starting lineup brand. We did. It never happened. It, it was never just did. giveaways and then it never relaunched. Were they new figures or did they have like, did they give out Ricky and Jose new. and Mark McGuire and all, you know, Dennis Eckersley, all those guys from the heyday. Brand new figures. Well, the, the A's no. game that I went to where I got one, it was a Dave Stewart. Okay. So that one wasn't new, but for the Sharks, they did do new figures. They did uh, Thornton. They did Pavelski. Pavelski and Couture, right? I think so. Yeah, I think they did Randy, uh, Randy, Randy Couture. Couture? <laughs> <laughs> the, the no, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Jeff? <laughs> Logan Couture. I know it's Logan. <laughs> um, the reason I asked about board games is because there was one game that was on, I want to say Nickelodeon. I think it was called Funhouse. I remember. And I remember the Funhouse TV show. Was it fun? Okay, so they it was. I, it wasn't Mark Summers that did it. There was a redheaded guy that hosted the show. Yes, yes. And they made a board game of it, and I asked for it for Christmas, and I got it, and it was bad. And it, <laughs> it was horrible. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting all these bells and whistles, and I thought they yeah, were just pumping. yeah. It was too elaborate was the problem with it. It was way too elaborate. Exactly, dude. And I got this and I was all, well, this doesn't look like what I'm watching on TV. This sucks. <laughs> you had to build all the contraptions. And yep. for an eight-year-old kid just wanting to play a board game and have some fun, there was just way too much building involved. It exactly. wasn't Legos. It was a board game. Yeah. You just lost interest real quick. But yeah, that was a great show, I, dude. Oh, I love that show. That was like the, the Turtles board game. I don't know if you guys had that in the late 80s where it's like the, during the first Turtles craze and it's like Milton Bradley or Parker Brothers or whoever, you know, came out with the Turtles game that had this amazing box art. You're like, this is going to be the greatest game ever. And you open it up and there's like four dice and four stacks of cards because you have to have a move card and a battle card and this. And you're just like, hmm. I just, I, I just want to play turtles. Like, uh, the, 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 like <laughs> yeah, this is too hard for like eight year old trap. Not hard, but it's like to get into it. it it's not fun at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. I remember as a kid, always wanting to play mousetrap to this day. I don't think I've ever actually played mousetrap because any of my friends that had it, they're like, Oh, it's missing pieces. I'm like, hey, you need to be responsible, damn it. And, you know, put your stuff in the box. <laughs> I, I will say as a responsible mousetrap uh, board game, once you set it up, you immediately put the ball at the top and you do it a couple times. And you're like, all right, let's I'm done. And then you just box it back up. You never play it. You don't do it. You just run <laughs> it a couple times and you're done. It's like us with Remco's. Remco's got about 45 minutes of love. Where the LGN's right. got about two hours to three. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That is yes. true. But I am down for a starting lineup podcast. I am absolutely down with that. We will, we will figure it out. Whether we do like baseball for opening day and then next year for football, we'll figure out how, how to, you know, maybe get a couple out of it. But I know that, you know, you guys have talked about it. You know, I love starting lineups. Breaker may have. I, I know he's, but it's one of those things like, I think it would be something fun because starting lineups and the collectors were like a combination of hot wheel guy and spawn collector guy with a little bit of star Wars, crazy collector in there. Yes. Yes. And they were not afraid to throw hands. 
<laughs> when they wanted their figure, they were going to throw hands to get them. Well, that was actually, so there's a website I go to called figure realm, which shows like complete checklists of everything. That's where mm-hmm. we're kind of doing like our uh, due diligence and stuff. And I remember starting lineups was a line that I had in mind early on. Cause I was like, that's such an iconic line. But like the first wave is like 50 some odd figures. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> team had a like lot of six, names. seven players depend. Yeah. You know, Yes. You know, we were lucky for being in Cincinnati. We had like nine Reds players because Kenner just went down the road to Riverfront Stadium and said, who wants to be a starting lineup? And the, everyone's like, sign yeah. me up. You want to be a toy? <laughs> well, it was funny, too, because they were making the most obscure people. Like there was a shortstop for the Giants out here. His name was Jose Uribe. I remember and him. not many people across the East Coast was like, who's Jose Uribe? But out here it was like. <laughs> Oh, cool. We're getting a Jose Uribe fit here. And everybody on the East Coast is like, who that is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got some random uh, Bengals players a lot. Um, The one that was the most popular around here, and for the life of me, I can't think of his name, but it was the place kicker and the field goal kicker who came up with the starting lineup idea. He had a one-time limited release at one of the starting lineup uh, shows in Cincinnati that you could only get there. But so he was the the creator and like it, they gave him a special place kicker mold and all that. But that was a big thing around here because, you know, random Bengals player um, during the late eighties, early nineties, when they were somewhat okay with Boomer Sison and Icky Woods. So God, Icky Woods, I haven't heard that name in forever. You know, when wow. I woke up this morning, I did not think I'd be hearing the name Icky Woods. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Going to do the Icky Shuffle now, guys. Welcome to the jungle. The Icky Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, enjoying your show, the TV Toycast. Thank you for coming on. We uh, want everybody to check out all of Brian Breaker's. Should we call you Breaker or should we just call you Conrad Breaker? <laughs> Jeez, I know, right? Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm having, you know, I've kind of always had that thought of like, oh, podcast while it's fun, you know, but yeah, it, it really is not that much different than it used to be, oddly enough, because I was doing the Nintendo podcast a, a while back. And so now I do the toy podcast, which is just, you know, a different deep dive into a fandom. And then I was doing my interviews on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and I kind of just split those off into their own show. And power hours more just me and Bane. So it, it, to me, it flowed better that way anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm not doing that much more. But to me, I, I've always enjoyed the aspect of just sitting down and talking to different people. And, um, and and honestly, the whole perspective of you know naming the show, you know, you know it's fake, right? Was which I thought was like, ooh, I don't even know if I can go that far. Like that seems like such a sin in the wrestling business. But it's been super cool to uh, to talk to so many different people. Um, and just get the perspectives because it's like, man, we've all kind of been in that situation where it's like people find out you're a wrestling fan and they ha- they give you that super weird sideways look. And it's like, like you're looking at me like this is a weird thing and this is not. It's, it's, it's a cool thing that I enjoy. And and so I think it's really cool hearing all the different perspectives and stories that people have had, you know, as they're timing a wrestling fan. And everybody has their own story that goes along with them being a wrestling fan or in the wrestling business. And that's, what's fascinating about, you know, it's fake is it's just, everybody has that own story of them going through and 
you know, getting made fun of or, right. you know, looked at, oh, hey, you know, it's fake, right? All four of us have heard that same line, right? You know, you find the community and you fall in love with the community. And that's what yeah. it is. It's just a bunch of wrestling fans and you just end up loving it. The thing that I've realized talking to every different person that I've talked to is I feel like when people say that to you, they feel like, like somehow you, you forgot the memo or you didn't get the message like <laughs> that this is a work, that this stuff isn't real. And it's almost, and I, and I feel like they're maybe telling you that like, uh, you know, it's fake, right? Like as a way to let you know, you don't have to like this and here's why. When in reality, none of, I don't, I mean, I didn't get into wrestling because, you know, I thought, you know, ravishing Rick rude, kissing women, you know, out of the crowd was like groundbreaking television. I, I was entertained by pro wrestling, like the whole art of it. Like there was something about it. And I'm sure you guys can all agree the first time you see it, like, dude, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. And then to, you know, get the figures, which like to me, you know, as you guys know, GI Joe, He-Man, Ninja Turtles, all that stuff was popular, but wrestling was based off real people. That was like totally different. You know, I saw mm-hmm. Macho Man on the screen and then I saw his figure. It's like, this is awesome. And so like, it, to me, it's like, that's such a weird argument to throw out there when superhero movies are so vastly popular. It's like, come on. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's funny too, because whenever somebody goes, Hey, you know, it's fake, right? It's like, they're like, Oh no, this guy doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he's the one that doesn't know. One person. I'm about to just blow their mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. But uh, going back, break, check out all breakers projects, TV toy cast with Travis, you know, it's fake, right? And of course, breaker and Bane, check out doing the favor. PPW podcast. Check out our chick, our friends over at the Chick Foley Show, Wrestling Cheers, RJ over at Ringside Rant, Rucker and Marty over at Boot to the Face, pulling up a chair. And Scott, what you got for drunk wrestling history? To make it real quick, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts at. You can follow us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. The show that dropped this past Friday is about the debut of one Chris Jericho. We talk, talk about his debut in the WWF and how epic it was because we are drunk wrestling history. We're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. Hold on. Were you drinking blackened in water? No. You know, what's crazy is I haven't had blackened since Vegas or SummerSlam. Wow. I haven't had any in the house since then. I know. I know. <laughs> but you know what? I might've found a whiskey that's better than blackened. I know it's hard to believe but the Slipknot whiskey is incredible. So I might be making a switch. I'm going to have both in the house soon and I'll do a compare and contrast, but the Slipknot whiskey, I can vouch for it, is incredible. <laughs> you heard it here first. So I think there's going to be a switch. Yes, yes. So you're switching over to Slipknot whiskey and going away from Metallica whiskey. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's very possible. Hey, what if ICP makes a whiskey? Would you go from Slipknot to ICP whiskey? I don't want to anger the ICP fans with my remarks. So uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at all. I'm going to stick with Slipknot. <laughs> I think of ICP fans. I always think of that kid on Twitter that's always jumping on stuff. It's for all my juggalos and juggalos. <laughs> <Juggalos. laughs> <laughs> well, didn't, didn't Mike Awesome powerbomb one of them off of a bus? He yeah. sure did. Um, on the Partridge oh. family bus. When he was, God bless oh. WCW. He was the fat chick gorilla. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, he was. <laughs> Powerbombed him on top of the oh, bus. Man. And 
and, and he tried to catch him because he's because <laughs> he's falling off. Breaker, I have a question for you. Has there ever been, was there ever a moment, I should say, when you were in the ring and something didn't go according to plan and you and the guy got into the back and you kind of laughed about it and it actually became comical the more you guys talked about it or anything like that, like something like a power bomb and tried to catch him off of a bus or something like that, you know? I'm trying to think, like, it, it's so weird when you're in the ring because, like, your whole goal is to just you know, try to make it work. And mm-hmm. um, I don't recall anything like where I was trying to, like, not nothing. I mean, like, that's so, that's so, that's such a weird one because, I mean, like, power bombing a guy on a bus. Like, and it's, <laughs> you think about it, I remember thinking, like, well, the bus is round on top. I don't even know how they were standing up there. Like, that had to right. be, like, super awkward. But, um, there was uh have you ever had to like we're in the middle of a match someone's like man i gotta pee or like i gotta go to the bathroom it's just like (laughs) take it home man like i gotta go no i mean i i've i've certainly heard of guys like it hits him like oh i gotta go take a dump and that's never (laughs) happened to me luckily i I do have so i have two stories that can kind of go into that one i'll tell the uh the less gross one first and the more gross one second so I was actually doing a show here in um, <laughs> this one might be a little graphic for the young ones. If you're listening, but I was doing a show here in Tulsa. I was wrestling uh, a couple of guys from reality of wrestling in Houston, Booker T's promotion. One of them is actually Gino who is uh, in MLW now. So hopefully he gets a figure in that new line, which would be cool. Oh, uh, and so I, it's me and this other guy and the referee is a little, He's a little different, kind of, just kind of an odd guy. Um, and so, you know, we're trash talking each other and, and all that stuff. And he's like trying to back me into the corner. And I get back to the corner. And I'm looking at, you know, those guys and talking to him. And he's doing the whole like patting up my boots to my knee pads and to the he goes to pat my trunks. But his hand didn't touch, you know, where it was supposed to. And it, it caught me so off guard. I looked at him and said, you just touched my balls. <laughs> and Gino laughed so hard. He, he buried his head in the buckle and I could see his back like bouncing up and down. Because <laughs> it wasn't like I was like meaning to say it. It just caught me. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and, and then he was all like, stop, I didn't mean to. And I'm like, well, you did, pal. Like. <laughs> So, oh, um, the more, the more gross story actually. So I, um, talking about bathroom breaks, I was in Japan. My first tour, this was 2011 was wrestling, um, Takayama and Sano and like, they were veterans. So they didn't really clue me into everything that was going to happen. I just know at one point I was going to hit the floor, which I did. They threw me into the guardrail. Boom. I take my bump into the guardrail. I come back. Sano's right there. He snapmares me on the uh, on the ground. No, I'm sorry. Takayama snapmares me on the ground. As soon as I hit, I look up and Sano, who does, he likes to do the double stomp. And he's right there on the apron. I'm like, oh, shit. And so here <laughs> he comes. He double stomps me. And as soon as he did, <laughs> and it was one of those kind of gassy days you know where your stomach's kind of not feeling right and so i immediately turned my butt to the ring apron because i thought oh my god i just pooped myself 
And uh, I didn't, luckily, but I, that was the closest I've ever, like, I was like, oh my God, I just, I just pooped my pants. And <laughs> luckily I did not. <laughs> like, damn these guys in their Taco Bell. <laughs> exactly. And you reasonably be reasonably priced chalupas. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh man, that is hilarious. Thank you for sharing those, man. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. I know. I love hearing stories like that, man. <laughs> uh back to our podcasting buddies. Marty and Sarah love wrestling, and every single day Ryan Buds does trivia. But Scott, roll call. Yes. Well, it's a, a friend of both shows being represented right now, the TV toy cast and us, the great, the amazing, the super talented, the man himself, Jason Wolf. He of the great artwork on the new fully F imposable shirt that you can go pick up at whatamaneuver.net. And Breaker, did he do your guys' TV toy cast as well? He did. Uh, and he is awesome. He knocked that out in very very short amount of time just like his like he, jason's one of those guys anytime i hit i hit him with a design it usually looks better than what i'm picturing in my head he's just yes. so good at it and we actually like he sent us a, like when he made it he sent us a couple of versions and i was like hey can i use this as like the podcast art he's like yeah go for it and i'm like man awesome so we got new podcast art out of it we got a new t-shirt design so yeah, I mean, he's he's super awesome. And then like, don't even get me started on his custom figures. Holy crap, he is killing yeah. it with those right now. Yeah, they're incredible. And again, as you said, he he often will take your and pretty much every time he will take your vision and he will just times ten, like the yes. dude just turns it up to eleven. It's incredible. He's just got that eye. If he's not your artist, he should be. You can find him on social media, and you can hit up his website. Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E draws.com. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call. He turns it up to 11, like in Spinal Tap, right? Yes, that's <laughs> what I was going for. Thank you for picking that up, Jeff. No problem. I saw what you were putting down. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Breaker, Travis, thank you so much. Check out the TV Toycast. As always, love your guys' show. Uh, sorry, I got too excited talking Simpsons figures. That was uh, <laughs> that was fun, dude. I had it. Plus, I had a bang running through me, so that was the other part to it. <laughs> the bang will do that to you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been drinking a skedaddle or something. <laughs> oh, oh um, no! But what's funny is, like, after we recorded that, like, it's always crazy when you hear feedback. Like Nate from Ring Skirts again, he always brings up all these good points. He was like, "How come, like?" there's the tooling costs and all this for all these other figures, but Simpsons, everything they did was original. And I'm like, that's a really good point. They didn't reuse mm -hmm. anything like accessories, molds, nothing. I'm like, wow. Like that's, yeah, that's true. Like it's weird. Like when you start asking those questions, it's like, huh? Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. How, I don't know how they got away with all that. Yeah. That's like a, when we drop our show, everybody brings a different point of view to something that yeah, Scott yeah. and I talked about it, whether it was in the news, whether it's with, uh, going over the nostalgia segment, whether it was a listener's question, somebody always brings a different point of view. And it's always interesting to how they think and what they, the way they kind of twist it and how they see it. So it's always pretty interesting how, what other people bring to the show just outside of the two people talking. So gentlemen, thank you again. And that rounds out the show. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 297. Hashtag fig life. Adios.
Yeah. Fully hoseable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. With the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.